0: Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 14 and chapter 15, the whole of chapter 14 and chapter 15. If you would like to follow along, you can find this starting on page 826 in your Pew Bible. Uh, This morning I will be reading from the Common English Bible Version, which is slightly different than what you can find in your Pew Bible, and I encourage you to listen to the story as it is told. I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord for us today. So it was two days before the Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. The chief priests and legal experts, through cunning tricks, were searching for a way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But they agreed that it shouldn't happen during the festival, otherwise there would be an uproar amongst the people. Jesus, meanwhile, was at Bethany, visiting the house of Simon, who had a skin disease. During dinner, a woman came in with a vase made of alabaster and containing very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke open the vase and poured the perfume on his head, and some grew angry, and they said to each other, Why waste the perfume? This perfume could have been sold for almost a year's pay and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. Jesus said to them, Leave her alone. Why do you make trouble for her? She has done a good thing for me. You always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do something good for them, but you won't always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body ahead of time for burial. I tell you the truth, that wherever in the whole world the good news is announced, what she's done will also be told in memory of her. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to give Jesus up to them, and when they heard it, they were delighted and promised to give him money. So he started looking for an opportunity to turn him in. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was sacrificed, the disciples said to Jesus, "'Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover meal?' He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city. A man carrying a water jar will meet you and follow him. Wherever he enters, go and say to the owner of that house, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs already furnished. Prepare for us there. The disciples left and came into the city, found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. Later that evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve, and during the meal, Jesus said, I assure you that one of you will betray me, someone eating with me. Deeply saddened, they asked him one by one, it's not not me, is it? And Jesus answered, it's one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread with me into this bowl. The human one goes to his death just as it is written about him. But how terrible, how terrible it is for that person who betrays the human one. It would have been better for him if he had never been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. He blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup gave thanks and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is the blood, this, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And I assure you that I won't drink wine again until that day when I drink it in a new way in God's kingdom. After singing songs of praise, they then went out to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus said to them, you all will falter in your faithfulness to me. It is written, I will hit the shepherd and the sheep will go off in all directions. But after I am raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if everyone else stumbles, I won't. But Jesus said to him, I assure you that on this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times, Peter. But Peter insisted, if I must die alongside you, I won't deny you. And they all, they all said the same thing. Jesus and his disciples came to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to them, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. He began to feel despair, and he was anxious. He said to them, I'm very sad. It's as if I am dying. Stay here and keep alert. And then he went a short distance further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if possible, he might be spared the time of suffering. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup of suffering away from me. However not what I want, but what you want came back and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay alert for one hour? Stay alert and pray so that you won't give in to temptation? The spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. And so again, he left them and prayed, repeating the same words. And again, when he came back, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know how to respond to him. He came a third time and said to them, Will you sleep and rest all night? That's enough. The time has come for the human one to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go, and look. Here comes my betrayer. And suddenly, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came with a mob carrying swords and clubs. They had been sent by the chief priests, legal experts, and elders. His betrayer had given them a sign. He had said, arrest the man I kiss and take him away under guard. And as soon as he got there, Judas said to Jesus, rabbi, and then he kissed him. And then they came and they grabbed Jesus and they arrested him. One of the bystanders drew a sword and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his ear. Jesus responded, have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me like an outlaw? Day after day. Day after day I was with you, teaching in the temple, but you didn't arrest me. But let the scriptures now be fulfilled. And all his disciples left him. They left him and they ran away. One young man, a disciple, was wearing nothing but a linen cloth. And they grabbed him, but he left the linen cloth behind and he ran away naked. And so then they led Jesus away to the high priest. And all the chief priests, elders, and legal experts gathered Peter followed from a distance, right into the high priest's courtyard. He was sitting with the guards. He was warming himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death. But they couldn't find him. Many brought false testimony. False testimony against him. But they contradicted each other. Some stood to offer false witness against him, saying, we heard him saying, I will destroy this temple constructed by humans, and within three days I will build another not made by humans. But their testimonies didn't even agree on this point. <laughs> then the high priest stood up in the middle of the gathering and examined Jesus, and he said, aren't you going to respond to the testimony these people have brought against you? But Jesus was silent and didn't answer, and so again the high priest asked, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. I am and you will see the human ones sitting on the right side of the Almighty and coming on the heavenly clouds. And then the high priest tore his clothes, and he said, Why do we need any more witnesses? You've heard his insult against God. What do you think? And they all condemned him, saying, He deserves to die. Some began to spit on him. Some covered his face and hit him, saying, Prophecy. And then the guards took him and beat him. Meanwhile, Peter was below in the courtyard. A woman, one of the high priest's servants, approached and saw Peter warming himself by the fire, and she stared at him and she said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand what you're saying. And he went outside into the outer courtyard and a rooster crowed. The female servant saw him and began a second time to say to those standing around, This man, he is one of them. But he denied it again. And a short time later, those standing around again said to Peter, You must be one of them because you're also a Galilean. But he cursed and he swore, saying, I don't know this man you're talking about. And at that very moment, a rooster crowed a second time. Peter remembered what Jesus had told him. Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down, sobbing. Then at daybreak, The chief priests, with the elders, legal experts, and the whole Sanhedrin formed a plan. They bound Jesus, led him away, and turned him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, asking, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Well, that's what you say. The chief priests were accusing him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Aren't you going to answer? What about all these accusations? But Jesus gave no more answers, so that Pilate marveled. During the festival, Pilate would release one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. A man named Barabbas was locked up with the rebels who had committed murder during an uprising. The crowd pushed forward, and they asked Pilate to release someone, as he regularly did. And Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? He knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of jealousy, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have them to have him release Barabbas instead. Pilate replied, Then what do you want me to do with the one that you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, Crucify him. Pilate said to him, Why? What wrong has he done? And they shouted even louder, crucify him. Pilate wanted to satisfy the crowd, so he released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus whipped and then handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the courtyard of the palace, known as the governor's headquarters. They called together the whole company of soldiers, and they dressed him up in a purple robe, and they twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on him. And they saluted him, saying, "'Hey, king of the Jews!' Again and again, they struck his head with a stick, and they spit on him, and they knelt before him to honor him. When they finished mocking him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his own clothes back on him. And then they led him out to crucify him. Simon, a man from Cyrene, Alexander and Rufus' father, was coming in from the countryside. They forced him to carry his cross. And they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, meaning skull place. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it, and they crucified him. They divided up his clothes, drawing lots for them to determine who would take what. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The notice of the formal charge against him was written, the king of the Jews They crucified two outlaws with him, one on his right and one on his left. People walking by insulted him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha, so you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, were you? Save yourself and come down from that cross. In the same way, the chief priests were making fun of him amongst themselves together with legal experts. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross. Then we'll see and believe. Even those who had been crucified with Jesus insulted him. From noon until three in the afternoon, the whole earth was dark. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud shout, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you left me? After hearing this, some standing there said, look, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a pole. And he offered it to Jesus to drink, saying, let's see if Elijah will come and take him down. But Jesus let out a loud cry and died. And the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing Jesus saw how he died, he said, this man was certainly God's son. Some women were watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the younger one, and Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women had followed and supported him, along with many other women who had come to Jerusalem with him. Since it was late in the afternoon on preparation day, just before the Sabbath, Joseph from Arimathea dared to approach Pilate and ask for Jesus' body. Joseph was a prominent council member, who was also one who eagerly anticipated the coming of God's kingdom. Pilate wondered if Jesus was already dead, and he called the centurion and asked him whether Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that Jesus was dead, Pilate gave the dead body to Joseph, who bought a linen cloth, took Jesus down from the cross, Wrapped him in the cloth and laid him in a tomb that had been carved out of rock. He rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James—I'm sorry, Mary, Mary, the mother of Joseph—saw where he was buried. Sisters and brothers, this is the word of the Lord spoken for you. Thanks Thanks be to God. Would you all pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we have heard your word. We have heard the words that you have given us. Now fill our hearts and fill our minds with your word and your spirit, that we may know and follow where you lead. And all of God's children this morning say, Amen. Amen. Friends, this morning, it's one of those mornings where I truly feel that these scripture passages that we have read stand on their own. They tell a powerful story. story of a man coming in to shouts of praise and at the end of his life hearing shouts of derision Shouts of mocking, shouts of denial, shouts of death. We hear today a powerful story that challenges us as people of faith who claim to follow and love and serve Christ. These words challenge us to consider. In our own lives. What are we shouting? They say that our actions speak louder than our words. So our words of our mouth are that we follow Christ and that we we love him and we will go where he leads. But much like Peter and all these disciples sometimes these words ring hollow and so I ask you with the words of your lives with the words of our lives, with our actions, with who we are and how we are to this world, what kind of shouting are we doing? What are we saying? Are we with our lives shouting out praise and glory to God or are we shouting out, look, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Are we shouting out, look, here comes the Son of God who is working wonders in my life and in the world? Or are we shouting out, I don't want to have anything to do with him? When God calls to us to follow where we are supposed to go, when Christ leads us into difficult things, doing difficult things, and loving difficult people, when the Holy Spirit comes to us and leads us, what kind of shouting do our lives do? Sisters and brothers, this morning, I leave you simply with that question. What do our lives, what do our words, what do our actions, what do who we are and how we are in this world, what kind of shouting does that do? Do we deny the Christ? Do we mock Him? Or do we live in a way that shouts Hosanna, all glory and praise to the human one. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to live our lives in ways that we do not deny you. Help us to live our lives in ways that that do not shame you. Help us to live our lives in ways that do not mock you. Instead, help us live our lives, act in ways, and be the kind of people who shout your name in praise. Help us to live our lives in such a way that we are a reflection of your love and your mercy and your glory to this world. Help us to live our lives in ways that we serve you in thought, in word, and in deed. Help us to live our lives in ways that we can truly say we have not left you alone in the garden. Help us to follow you, even into the difficult places. Help us to follow you and to stand with you, even in the darkest times, because we know that you are there with us, even in the darkest times. Give us the strength and the courage to stand. Give us the strength and the courage to speak. Give us the strength and the courage to do as you have called us to do. Help us, O Lord, to not deny you. Help us, O Lord. Help us. Help us to live lives of praise and glory and honor this and every day. Amen.